Welcome to Play the Advantage U.S. Men's National Team Podcast. I'm Danny Day alongside Cody Carlson. Cody and I were college soccer teammates and we are big U.S. Men's National Team fans. This podcast covers everything U.S. Men's National Team related. And after many months away, we are back, baby. Play the Advantage US MNT. Danny Day alongside Mr. Cody Carlson. Cody, it is good to see your face again. How are you? Uh, it's great to see your face uh, over this Zoom call here, or I suppose Microsoft Teams. It's doing well. It's been a long time since we've jumped on a podcast together to talk national team. And uh, we got an exciting um, thing coming up in 12 days, don't we? Yeah, something happening over in Qatar there. Can you tell me a little bit about it? It's this big it's once every four years. I think it's called the World Cup, La Copa mm. Mundial. Um, so happens that our Stars and Stripes get to play in it this time. And uh, I, I guess you could say I'm pretty excited. It's been a long time. Been since 2014 back in Brazil where the U.S. last played a game, lost to Belgium. In that heroic Tim Howard performance that almost got us through to the quarterfinals, the Julian Green game, we've never seen him again. I mean, we have, but it's been very rare. And uh, wow, here we are eight years later, and we're finally going to see our guys play in the World Cup. It's been a long time, and we've uh, talked about it uh, over this podcast uh, as we've continued to do it, and uh, it's finally here. So it feels like a culminating uh kind of time period for it all and uh roster dropped yesterday roster dropped roster dropped man i thought it was going to be i mean there were so many leaks ahead of time i thought we pretty much more or less knew the roster thought we knew who the locks were thought we knew who greg's guys were and all of a sudden i mean i maybe i shouldn't be surprised but greg is throwing us some curveballs yeah a couple couple major head scratchers um that we can talk about it as we go through this. But, uh, you know, overall, I got to say, I'm pretty, pretty excited about this group of 26 names. I think the core is, is definitely there as long as it, it's healthy and ready to go. Um, there's a couple questionable names on, uh, you know, kind of the tail end of the roster, but ultimately those guys probably aren't going to be on the field um, as often, uh, if at all. So, um, you know, just looking at this core, I, I'm, I'm excited. So, um, I mean, that, that's one of the things, right. Is you, you have this roster of 26, right. It's usually been 23 in the past expanded to 26 this time. And, you know, you're, you're a coach, how, how often, especially at, at this high of a level, um, I mean, we're only seeing what there's a limit going to be of five subs a game is my understanding. Um, so the reality is, is we're not going to see probably guys number 24, 25, 26 ever see the field, you know, barring some crazy circumstances. So it's probably that core of 18, 19, 20 guys, maybe who we will actually see. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say that for sure the, the, the backup keeper is probably not going to get on the field. Uh, so that's two guys right there. And then I would say probably another three to four probably won't see the field unless, you know, some, some crazy circumstances happen, um, injuries, or um, maybe we need to sub in some guys 
to chase a game or, or to lock down a result or something like that. So, but uh, yeah, should we, should we get going through this, uh, through this roster? Yeah, I think so. We got, I was going to say real quick, we've got one more, one more set of games really to get through. We got one more weekend. We got today we're recording on November the 10th, the Thursday, and we got to get through Sunday. There's like, you know, four days of club games where the U S has players playing almost every day now um, through the rest of this uh, last window. After that, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy and then just fly over to Qatar and get going on training because, man, it is going to come quick. 12 days away. Yeah, let's hear, let's hear what do we got for a roster, man. Tell me about it. So do we want to start from uh, back to front or front I, to back? I think I think back to front. I think or midfield and then, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's change it up. We'll go midfield first because I don't think there's any uh, – Okay. Any snubs there that will get sure. away so we can kind of run through these real quick. Yeah. Um, you got your locks, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Kellen Acosta. Um, Brendan Aronson is listed as a midfielder, uh, which I think is, you know, is maybe something to think about because we had, you know, seen him as a as a winger at times. Uh, most times throughout World Cup qualification and through his minutes with Greg and, and the and the national team, but for for Greg to list him as a midfielder, I think it gives us a clue about where we might be seeing him in an attacking midfield role. Um, then you've got uh, Luca De La Torre. He's coming. Uh, he's nursing his health back from an injury, so we'll see. It. You know, hopefully he can be a hundred percent ready to go. And then Christian Roldan. Uh, rounds out the midfield group and uh and we can we can uh touch on that a little bit later if we want but no real uh surprises for me in the midfield to be honest any uh surprises or or any question marks for you yeah i think i mean seeing seeing greg berhalter list brendan aronson there in the midfield is a is a sign that with that is maybe where we will see him um Obviously, Brendan has that flexibility to play on the wing in the in the U.S. system as well. So I think that you know they they might be listed in these certain positions, but games change, circumstances change, and I think that uh, you know Greg hopefully will be flexible too, depending on the situation with where he maybe puts people in. I think many people might assume or think that it's going to be the MMA McKinney Musa Adams midfield to start out if everyone's healthy, uh, but if everyone if guys are not healthy or they pick up a knock or something may happen where they can't go 90 minutes, we might see Brendan Aronson slot right in there into the starting lineup in one of those attacking eights or, or a potentially a 10 role. Um, so, I mean, he, he, he's shown for leads that he has the ability to really kind of play all over the field in the attack for them too. So, um, but has that ability to really have that change of pace to break a team down as we saw him do against Liverpool and uh, recently against uh and their crazy four three win this last this last weekend too. So I think he he, he could be a difference maker. Um, a guy like Christian Roldan maybe brought for for other purposes that we may never fully know. But um, it, you know I think I think when I, when I look at this roster too, we may we may have one other see, see other guys there. But and it's heartbreaking for guys who maybe didn't make the roster. But at the end of the day, we got to throw our full support behind them and um, hope that they get the job done. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying about Brendan. Um, yeah, let's touch on Roldan right now um, because he he was a little bit of a question mark for a lot of folks. 
Um, a lot of people saying, you know, should some other guys have gotten called up in his place, mainly like uh, Malik Tillman or, uh, you know, James Sands, for instance, two guys playing in, in the Champions League. Um, so why is, you know, a, a Christian Roldan who's um, hasn't been playing since the Sounders season ended? Um, why does he get the chance? And I think just, you know, hearing from other other um, players and stuff, everyone loves Christian Roldan on the team, right? He's a big vibes guy, team guy, very selfless, and, you know, a very good teammate. So he's kind of the quintessential locker room guy that you need to have uh, as part of your group. And he knows his role. His, he's, he knows where he is on the depth chart, but he's kind of just – there to uh, be a support system for everyone around him and he makes people better by that you've even had Weston McKinney who we think is you know heads and shoulders ahead of Roldan in my opinion but Weston McKinney gives extreme praise for for Roldan about how helpful he is about how you know he'll kind of sit next to him on the bench and say hey Wes you know here's something that I saw I think might be able to help you out more when you get back out there you know so little things like that actually play a, a big role for the team overall, even if Christian Roldan isn't on the field. Um, so I think a uh, little bit of a justification maybe of, of why he's not in the team, in the squad. And uh, ultimately, I hope it plays out in the way that we want it to. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I mean, he, he brings a little bit more of that veteran presence. I mean, he's not super old, but he brings a little bit more of that veteran presence within the squad too. And uh, yeah, I mean, you said it's, I think with Christian Roldan, it's clear to me that it's not just an on-field decision there. If he saw the field, I would be pretty surprised if he saw the field during this World Cup. But with that being said, uh, if he gets on there, you know, you hope that he puts in his best shift he's ever put in, and, and maybe he maybe he does. And you yeah. hope he would. But I think he does provide that off-field, the the vibes, like you said, just the, the at, helping create that atmosphere that Greg wants. Because at the end of the day, Greg is making these decisions because his job is on the line. He knows yeah. that. at the end of the day, he wants to win and go as far as he can. And he, if he thinks that they have a better shot at winning because their atmosphere on and off the field is going to be better with Christian rolled on there, then, hey, he's the one who's there every single day at practice in the team meeting. So, you know, all the power to Greg, you know, and we hope that it, it turns out in the best possible way with rolled on providing that support to the team that, that he needs to provide. For sure. For sure. And then just quickly touching on, on a couple other guys, Kellen Acosta, congrats to him, MLS champion with uh, LAFC. Yeah. Um, he scored a goal. Really, scored really, a yeah, goal in the scored a goal, deflected, but hey, goal's a goal in the MLS Cup. So um, happy for him and, you know, excited what he can, he can offer for us. I just love his kind of grit and his mentality, and I think that'll be helpful. You know, especially considering Weston McKinney's nursing an injury as well, him and Luca De La Torre. So those guys right now are, are question marks. Hopefully they can kind of heal up quick in the, in the next 12 days, be ready to roll. Um, but if not, you know, we might be looking at a, having to having to put someone in ahead of Weston McKinney. Um, so it's Tyler Adams, probably Eunice Musa or Brendan Aronson and or Kellen Acosta. So what's going to be the three out of those out of those group, right? So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, excited about this midfield group. Uh, I think it's pretty much our, our best group of midfielders that we have available that we've had throughout qualification process. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this group um, perform in the yeah. next couple of weeks. 
Oh, very excited. I mean, I think Tyler Adams is in the form of his life right now. Um, he's playing incredible for Leeds. And, and the system that Jesse Marsh sets him up with there, I think, works well for him. And I hope that he can now find a way to translate that form that he's playing in at least over to the U.S. Yeah. I think that he will. I think a lot of these guys, we, it was not a good September window uh, for anyone who watched those games against uh, Japan and Saudi Arabia. It was it's hard to watch, right? But Very alarming. Very alarming, but I think that this team is going to rise to the challenge, and I think Tyler Adams is going to be a big reason why that happens. So, yeah, excited about the midfields and excited about uh, the leadership there from Adams. For sure. Well, let's uh, let's move into the defenders group. Okay. Um, so I'll list them out first. Uh, Anthony Robinson at left back. Uh, I've got Joe Scally is the backup left back. Tim Ream, Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman, Cameron Carter-Vickers are the four center backs. Tim Ream, baby, back in. <laughs> uh, and then your, your right backs, you've got Serginho Dest, DeAndre Yedlin, and Shaq Moore gets the call up. Sneaking his and way in there. Just finding his way in there. So um, what are your thoughts on this on this group of defenders? Yeah, I think the big surprise for me, because uh, there had been some leaks prior to roster announcement day that it was going to be Reggie Cannon on the roster and not Shaq Moore. So when I saw Shaq Moore's name come up there and they're announcing it, I was honestly pretty surprised. With that being said, um, you know, Reggie Cannon did get injured in the last window. He has been pushing um, for, for, in Portugal for Bovista. But, uh, you know, I quite frankly, for the performances that I've seen from Shaq Morris compared to Reggie Cannon over the course of the last year, when asked to perform, I, I have to go with Shaq Moore. And so I, I think I like his inclusion because the reality is too. And I think both, both you and I, maybe I don't want to speak for you, but I think we see Serginho Dest as the right back starter. Serginho Dest has not been healthy this year. He's been playing games and he's been out with muscle fatigue. So he's been kind of in and out of their lineup at AC Milan, getting some minutes, but not a ton. So I think the reality is, is we're going to probably see more guys than just Serginho Desta right back because he, I don't think he has the fitness to go full 90 right now. Maybe he no. does, but even if he does for one game, he might not the next. So right. I think being, you have Yedlin, Shaq Moore, and you also have Joe Scally who could potentially fill in it right back. Yep. So I think we'll see some multiple combinations of fullbacks there in that, in that lineup. Yeah, I think that's, you're probably right. And just looking at Desta and, his profile, you know, he's a skiller, he's a technician, he's not an athlete, and, he, you know, not the toughest guy, injury-prone and stuff. So for, for us to expect him to go full 90s for the three group stage games, I, I think is unrealistic. Yeah. So let's be prepared for Yedlin to get a start in potentially one of these games, if not, you know, a couple of them, or, or be subbing in. Um, maybe even Shaq Mora, it depends on who – or Scally. I mean, to be honest, it, it, this upcoming, you know, training camp leading into the, to the first game is going to be really telling for, I mean, we'll find out a lot about the pecking order of, of who's next up, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we've got, you know, five outside backs compared to the four center backs. Right. Um, you know, Walker Zimmerman, we thought was the only real lock. Um, you know, based on his performance throughout world cup qualifying, um, he's been, he's been very solid and he's continued to improve. He's been dominant in the air, dominant in his challenges. His passing range is, is getting better. And, 
Um, you know, he's, he's definitely someone that we want back there. So who's going to partner alongside Walker? And you've got Cameron Carter Vickers gets in Aaron Long and Tim Ream, Tim Ream making a comeback in. So, um, you know, I think if you and me were to have guessed ahead, um, looking back six, eight months ago, if we'd have said, oh, yeah, Tim Ream's going to be alongside Walker Zimmerman. I think we would have we would have been pulling our hair out, going, "No way, this is, no, no chance. That's not good if that's happening." Right. And then Tim Reams in the form of his life right now, pretty much playing for yeah. Fulham. I mean, Pep Guardiola after after uh, the game against uh, Fulham, Man City versus Fulham, Pep Guardiola approaches Tim Reams and tells him what a good game he had, and he said, "Tim, if you were you know 24 instead of 34." you know, I'd want you to be playing for me at City. That's a pretty big compliment, right? So Huge compliment. Um, and you know, so, and did, you, uh, did you hear Tim Ream's response? He says, I'm 35, not 34, Pat. Yeah, he said, well, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm 35, actually. So Old man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's the only one who's who's really bringing up um, our our team average age. Jeez, yeah, what? we can't have that. Yeah, so, but uh, <laughs> no, I mean – Look, I, I'll put my hand up first and say, you know, I was I was a bit wrong, but that's why it's a long process and, and things change as players continue to, to develop and improve or stagnate and decline, right? So right now, I think he's our best option alongside Walker Zimmerman. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers would be next up for me considering he's captaining Celtic and, and playing Scottish Premier League games and, and Champions League games. Um, and then Aaron Long would be my, my last option, um, if I'm being honest, based on uh, his time off after uh, Red Bull got eliminated in MLS playoffs. Um, I just think the other two are ahead of him. So what do you think? You're a former center back, Danny. Yeah, well, I think with the way that the U.S. wants to play, Greg always says they want to play a, a high line and a pressing system. So that's why he's always maybe not included in the, in the, in the past year, Tim Ream, because Ream isn't the fastest guy. Um, but what yeah, we've but seen, neither is Aaron Long, to be honest. And we've, what we've seen though, is Aaron Long maybe isn't as fast as maybe Greg thinks he is either. Right. Uh, so therein lies the problem. I, but I, then also, sorry to cut you off real no. quick, but Greg also wants his center backs to be able, ball, to be ball playing center backs. Right. And Aaron Long's not quite that, whereas Tim Ream is a bit better of a passer, naturally left-footed on the left side there. Um, but then the, the other the other glaring uh, elephant in the room there, if you want a ball-playing center back, why are you leaving uh, John Brooks unincluded? But that's a different story. There's obviously a fallout um, between him and, and Greg. Yeah. But um, Had John Brooks made the roster yesterday, that, that would, I think, blown everyone's mind. That no no, one, would have been, no yeah. one would have seen that one coming. Agreed. But I think Tim Ream, I, I do like him as an option to start. I, I think against Wales, a team that's, in theory, going to sit a little bit in more of a low block against the U.S., and maybe they won't, but I, I think that he could work very well, especially with Anthony Robinson on, on his left. They already played there every single week together. Someone who can pass the ball. Aaron Long, unfortunately, just doesn't have that ability with his left foot. He, he does not pass with his left foot if you if you watch his games, right? He, he'll pass with his right foot, and he'll create it. They give it back to Walker Zimmerman and say, "Walker, you you do the hard work and you make the key pass." Aaron Long's trying out to make basically be out there and not make a mistake. So, um, with that being said, I mean Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman have played a number of games together, so they in theory have some chemistry. They've they've had the last ten or so days 
in an MLS camp together. So I would not be surprised if we see Aaron Long alongside Walker Zimmerman in that in that first game. Um, also, I mean, I, so I think a case could be made for all three. Long, Reem, and I mean, CCV has been fantastic in many of his games this year, especially even in Champions League uh, for Celtics. So, I, you know, he's a he's a he's a ball winner. He's he goes 100. percent He's going to be locked in. So, whether or not we actually see, I I, I think. My impression is that Aaron Long is going to start, but I, I think I'd rather, like you said, probably see CCV or Tim Ream start. But with that said, you know, it, it may change too, depending on how the game is going. But they might, we might have all the ball and we need to get a passer in there. So it might be Ream coming in for a long at halftime or something like that, depending on the flow of the game. So we'll see how it plays out. But I, I feel good about Ream being in there because CCV – or long, neither neither of them are great passers. So, uh, and Walker Zimmerman has gotten a lot better. Uh, I think we all we all assume he's a locked in starter, but he's not a great passer. And I wouldn't say Reem is a great passer, but I think that he definitely is a higher level than anyone else we have on that center back crew. Yep, I think you're right. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, whoever it is. I hope they're ready. Yeah. Big, big, the big issue, we just gotta pray and hope that Anthony Robinson stays healthy because we need we need him to go full, full ninety every single game basically. Correct. We don't unlike, have we don't have great options at back up there. Yes, correct. Unlike Sergio Dest, you know we've seen that Robinson Jedi can uh, can uh, can last right can can go multiple games ninety minutes in a row. So we're gonna need him to do that if we want to make a push into into the knockout rounds. So. Yep. But um, all right. Anything else on defenders group? No, I, I think uh, you know it potentially could be our weak link. But at the end of the day, they could also be a big surprise. I mean, with that, as much as we've complained about our maybe our defenders and things over the last twelve months and been frustrated by the situation, we've also seen that they've been able to get or allow very few goals. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I I, I think this, these next ten days will be really important to see how the team progresses and. Uh, and health as well so excited but a little bit concerned too yep yep all right uh well speaking of uh you know defending and and conceding uh conceding goals let's move to the def- to the goalkeeping group which Shocker. probably has the, the biggest surprise uh in this roster announcement your three goalkeepers called into this 26-man world cup roster are matt turner assumed to be the number one, Sean Johnson and Ethan Horvath, glaringly leaving out Zach Steffen. Danny, when that was announced, I was, my jaw dropped. I was, I was like, this has to be a mistake. This is crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe, I, I, you know, there were leaks coming out that said he wasn't going to be on the roster and I, I couldn't, I didn't believe it until I actually saw it. And, uh, I thought it was very interesting listening to Greg Berhalter come on stage and Taylor Twelman asks him about why is Zach Steffen not on this roster? He was a big part of your World Cup qualifying roster and started half of the games. And Greg really skirted the question. I'm sure you heard it too, but he just said, you know, we're really excited about the guys we do have. It was, you know, a tough decision with Zach, but, you know, he didn't want to get He didn't get into it at all. And he just wanted to talk about the positivity that he has with the guys coming. Um, which I think is what a coach maybe has to do to some extent. But, um, man, that must have been a tough conversation with Zach Steffen 
uh, especially with Zach seemingly many thinking was potential starter for Greg because he's always Greg's guy. That's the biggest confusing part of it is, I mean, he had been Greg's guy, Greg's guy. I mean, throughout the whole, basically last year and a half. I mean, the only reason Turner kind of got minutes is because Zach got injured. Right. And then Turner kind of grabbed it and, and didn't let it go. But even then, you know, we all still assume that Zach was going to be Greg's guy. And so for this to get pulled at the, at the 11th hour and not call him in was pretty insane. And just kind of goes to show that we have no clue what Berhalter's thinking. No, no clue. <laughs> no clue. Well, and I think I wonder if it, you know, if it really has been because Stefan was not great in that, I remember that final Costa Rica game in the World Cup qualifying. He made a couple of mistakes that led, I think, to either one or both of the goals that we gave up yeah. in qualifying. Yeah. And and then from there, he you know, he's playing for Middlesbrough this year, um, getting playing time, but has been kind of up and down, has made some pretty critical mistakes. And especially even with his feet, he's supposed to be the guy who's better with his feet, better ball playing. Has it, I, I don't understand what he's trying to do out there sometimes because he's, he, he tries to play so much in the Man City way like Ederson, and he just is not Ederson. And it's almost as if he doesn't realize it, and he keeps trying to do these things that he just can't do. And so, I mean, I think that the feet, his ability that he has not improved there, and just his shot stopping ability is not as good as Matt Turner's. So I do wonder if the conversation with Greg was, Greg says, okay, you're not my number one. Or do you still want to come? Can you be a backup? And I wonder, you, I mean, I guess we don't want to speculate, but I wonder if that conversation was, well, then I don't want to be there at all. I mean, I'm not sure if that's the case, but, you know, it's, it's hard for a guy who's maybe your number one to then hear you're not my starter anymore. You know, maybe Greg says it's going to be better if I just bring other guys who will be more supportive. Yeah, that's, wow. That's something I, I hadn't thought of, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right there. I think it, though, the, the other side of it is, man, to turn down a, an opportunity to be on the World Cup roster and go to the World Cup and represent your country, even if you're not the guy anymore, it's a hard thing to pass up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, but, I, man, it's crazy. I mean, maybe he's battling an injury or something that's maybe not talked about. But, I mean, we're left to speculating, and maybe we'll never really know what the situation is. But, um, I mean, personally – I'm okay with it, to be honest, because I am I just think Turner's the guy. I think he's ahead of Stefan. And so if you were to have Stefan there too, then, uh, you know, it, I, I could see Greg going with him over Turner for, for some reasons <laughs> or whatever reason. So to, that, to, to take that out and then, you know, I think it's – they asked – I think it was Taylor Twelman asked Greg about, you know, is Matt Turner your number one? who's your number two and three. And he kind of, you know, as a coach, you can't really just glaringly state that, but he right. alluded to it that, yeah, you know, I think Turner's, you know, leans towards our number one. And so if by him, you know, giving us a clue to that, I think it's pretty clear. Like, well, as it should be that Turner's <laughs> ahead of Johnson and Horvath, but who's the, who's ahead of who in terms of Johnson and Horvath? I mean, take your pick. I like them both for different reasons, but 
um, I'm sure those two guys are just stoked to be there. And, um, well, yeah, stoked to be there. And they're probably thinking, man, I mean, I might actually play one because I'm, I'm going to be the backup potentially. And two, I mean, Matt Turner's health is somewhat in question right now. Yeah. Is also one of the big reasons. Again, I'm a big Matt Turner guy as well. But that was one of the even, I think, bigger reasons why I was surprised that we're not seeing Zach Steffens because Matt Turner's health is somewhat in question. He hasn't played for Arsenal in two, three weeks now because of some sort of a, a small injury. Now, he's been on the bench, so he's available to come in, you know, in case of emergency. But they haven't put him into a game to start, so... I, I, you know, I'm hoping that that's just caution. And it's Burhalter calling, oh. it's Burhalter calling Arteta and saying, hey, hey, you know, what do I need to do to have you not play my guy so he doesn't get hurt? It very well could be that. I mean, who knows? Um, I mean, obviously, Arsenal has other keepers they can go to, but yeah, I mean, you hope that Turner is fully healthy and ready to go by the time he needs to be. Otherwise, we might see if he's seeing Sean Johnson or. Ethan Horvath have to be our hero in goal. Who knows? Well, Ethan Horvath was our big game hero in that penalty kick save in the Nations League final against Mexico. You know, so I'm, uh, cool. I'm, I'm here for it if he gets the call in. And Sean Johnson, you know, he's solid as well. So if he gets the call as well, then, I mean, hey, I think they'll they'll channel their inner Tim Howard and, uh, and take us to the victories that we want. So I hope so. Anything else on the goalkeepers? No, I think we've covered it, man. That's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I do hope that Turner gets healthy and is good to go by that first game. Uh, I think he will. I think he will. Yeah. So. All right. Forwards? Last uh, last uh, group is the forwards, which is nines and you know wingers, sevens and elevens. So the obvious ones: Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Gio Reyna, um, Josh Sargent. Jesus Ferreira, and then the two seemingly uh, crazy ones, Jordan Morris and Haji Wright. Haji Wright. Haji. Which, you know, another huge shock for for us and kind of like a wait. No Pepe, no PFOC. What's happening here? Um, what you? What was your initial reaction when when Haji Wright's name was announced? I I couldn't believe I saw Haji's name come up there, and I'm thinking, wait, have I seen Peppy's name yet? Because I'm thinking Peppy might be our starter, and all of a sudden he's not even on the roster. Um, and there's been speculation for why he was maybe left off. I don't again. I don't know if we've seen any full confirmation, but man, that one shocked me. That being said, for what. Berhalter said in some of his interviews yesterday was that it was Pepe going kind of against Ferreira and Sargent in kind of that that kind of type of a striker role. Haji Wright is a different kind of striker that they're bringing in, a bit of a change of pace, um, more of a PFOC. It sounds like it was more Haji Wright versus PFOC. Um, and Wright's been in the form of his career uh, playing in, playing in uh, Turkey. Yeah, so he's been uh, doing incredibly well for and to the support, and um, you know, you hope that he comes in and takes his chance. I and mean, if, if we're calling him in, I have to think that Greg is going to use him at some point, and you hope that he gets the opportunity and takes it well. Um, I am shocked. Pe- Pepe basically saved Greg Berhalter's job, 
back in uh, September of 2021 when he scored at Honduras and had that incredible second half that basically led the U.S. to victory. And then, you know, he had he had three goals and three assists in World Cup qualifying. The only guy better than that was Christian Pulisic. So, the uh, the I mean, and and with that being said, Pepe has been in great form right now uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, obviously, he did not do well in the Bundesliga and couldn't really get playing time at Augsburg and just didn't succeed there, but got loaned out and is doing incredibly well now at Groningen. So I, I thought that that for sure was locking him in. We're seeing the U.S. men's national team, social media team, posting peppy train stuff every weekend when he scores. I think it just shows too that even, <laughs> even that the social media team for the U.S. didn't necessarily know where Greg's head was at either. So uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, again, at the end of the day, I'm going to get behind Haji Wright and support him and, and hope Josh Sargent or Jesus Ferrer are going to bang in some goals for us. Um, but that one definitely, I, I mean, besides Stefan, I think the Haji Wright inclusion was the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely the second biggest shock for me is no Pepe. I mean, that you said it best. He's our second leading goal scorer and, and points leader in World Cup qualification behind Pulisic, and now you're not bringing that guy to your to the World Cup? That sounds crazy. <laughs> However, at the nine spot, you got to take the hot hand. You got to take the player who's who's scoring goals and, and putting the putting the ball in the back of the net, um, which Haji Wright is doing at the moment. Um, Pepe, he's been doing uh, better in the Netherlands than he was for Augsburg in the Bundesliga. But I guess not uh, well enough to earn a call-up. Now, Jesus Ferreira uh, had a little bit of a anticlimactic end in MLS playoffs, right? Um, so, including kind of like a like a, a scuffed miss from about six yards out. Um, so, is he in the form of his life heading into this? No. No. Josh Sargent, I'm glad that he's resurfaced because he's he's balling out and, and doing really well in the championship right now. Um, the redhead. So, Love it. Right. So, um, you know, and then Peacock had a really hot start with Union Berlin. Uh, and then he hasn't – he's he's kind of faded in the last – Gone cold. Yeah. So, uh, I think that I, – I understand why Peacock's not called in um, because you get you got to go with the hot striker at the moment. Here's here's a an interesting thing. I think if Pepe didn't make the move to Augsburg and he stayed at FC Dallas, he would be on this World Cup roster. Without a doubt, yes. <laughs> which is uh, which is sad in a way, uh, but man, it is what it is. He took a chance. He took a, a chance to try to uh, challenge himself by going to Europe and, and putting himself in a really challenging environment. Ultimately, he didn't really uh, succeed as, as well as he needed to in order to to make it happen for him to make this World Cup roster. Crazy. Really sad. But he's only, what, is he 19 yet? 19. Yeah. 19 now. He's, got, he's got a long future ahead of him. You hope that he can yeah. take this as motivation and, you know, get get continuing the get, get back in great form and get back into find a good club situation at the end of this year to make sure that you're going to be successful moving forward so that, as a part of this next cycle, you're back in. Maybe you're the guy. Who knows? Exactly. Exactly. So, and then, uh, yeah, just to touch on Haji Wright, yeah, he, I mean, 
big target nine, like kind of the opposite of Jesus Ferreira, right? Who's a false nine, checks in, receives, combines, creates. Haji Wright, I expect to only be put into games where we're throwing the kitchen sink, trying to chase the game and trying to get an equalizer, right? And you just need a giant nine in the box to, to dump balls into and, and see if he can make something happen, you know? Um, so I, I don't expect Haji Wright to really start games. Uh, it's going to be between Sargent and Ferreira, I think. But, um, or maybe even, who knows, Tim Wea or someone, like, do they do something completely different? We don't know. But uh, I would I would think Sargent and Ferreira are ahead of Haji. But, um, yeah, who knows, man. Um, let's talk about Jordan Morris. J-Mo, Jordan Morris getting included. Another really? Seattle Sounders, big vibes guy. Big vibes guy. Uh, I'm really happy for him. You know, I, I've gone through knee surgery myself, and it's it's a real challenge. So for him to, to come back, and it's a really cool – um, you know, story and, you know, comeback story for him to, to, to grind through that and, and get back. And um, is he in the best form of his life? I don't think so, but uh, he's, he's done enough to warrant a spot on, on this world cup roster. Um, maybe undeservedly ahead of uh, some other players, but um, you know, got to support the guy. And so I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, do I think he's going to play much? I don't think so. But he offers another th- thing uh, that's different in terms of a physical profile, like Haji Wright. I mean, he's a bit more of a brute force, kind of athletic type of attacking player, uh, which is different than our other wingers. So he's a, he's another guy like we're chasing the game and we got to be a bit more direct and put balls in the box for him to go and challenge and win headers. I think that's, you know, maybe maybe an opportunity and a reason that Jordan Morris made this roster ahead of some other players like a Paul Areola, for example. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he listed a lot of the reasons why Morris maybe was included. And, and we don't know also, right, you know, they were in this camp, the MLS camp, after their seasons ended, that maybe Morris was looking much better for him than Paul Areola. So I think it did surprise me that he was included over him and heartbreaker for Paul Areola, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, Morris has 11 goals for to his U.S. men's national team game over the course of his career. So he's been there. He's done it. Um, he hasn't been super productive as of late, especially since his recent injury. Um, but with that being said, you know, you hope that if he, get, he gets a chance, maybe he gets in there and in a late game situation and does bang one in. Um, so we'll see. You know, excited for you know, Pacific Northwest guy to get in there, get on the roster, and you hope that he produces. And obviously, we, you know, the household names, you, you know, you have your Pulisic, your Tim Weah, your, your Gio Reyna. Um, and I think those are your three wingers that we'll be singing, seeing a lot of action from, along with Brendan Aronson potentially. But um, you never know. You know. Depending on game situations, we might see Jordan Morris jump right in there. Never know. You're right. So, but yeah, that's those are the 26 names. Um you know, we've talked as we've gone through it about most of the snubs, you know, the, the main snubs that I had had written down are, are PFOC and Pepe up top, um, you know, Stefan in goal. Ariola we just mentioned, you know, I think that's got to be a tough one. I mean, the guy gives everything that he has and he just 
came out with a, a statement on social media about how crushed and devastated he was, but wishing the guys well and be supporting, you know, from home. But that's a crushing blow because, you know, for all the guys, I mean, he, he gives everything that he has, even though maybe it's not as, as much talent-wise as some other players, but the guy, uh, you know, has that American spirit. So that's a tough one. Uh, Mark McKenzie, center back. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a bubble guy that, uh, that didn't quite make it. Um, and then same with Eric Palmer Brown. Um, you know, two guys who are, who are playing pretty well for their club their clubs um in europe but uh you know ccv and aaron long and tim ream uh seemingly ahead of them um chris richards injured still Uh, i think if he was healthy i think definitely you uh probably me would be arguing put him alongside walker zimmerman as our as our top two center backs um miles robinson still injured unfortunately cannon we talked about Yep. Jack Moore ahead of Cannon, I think makes sense. Um, and then Tillman, Malik Tillman and James Sands in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, um, overall, uh, the main, the main two are, are Pepe and Stefan. Yeah. But, um, you know, the core is here, like I said earlier. And so really excited about this group, this top group of, you know, 14 to, to 17 guys, more or less. That's uh, hopefully going to take us to where we want to go, uh, a run into the uh, quarterfinals and win the World Cup. What am I talking about? We're going to win it all. Hey, Landon Donovan came out on social media and said he thinks, he thinks the U.S. is going to win the World Cup So on, on video. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's bound to happen if Landon says it. Well, um, yeah, I think the Chris Richards won, right? I mean, we would all love to see him or Miles Robinson in there. Unfortunately, Robinson obviously tore his Achilles back in the spring, and and then Richards, you know, he he has had a problem with staying healthy throughout his professional career, and he's going to have to figure that out for his own professional career, and if he wants to be back a part of the U.S. men's national team. And so, unfortunate for him, he made a big move to Crystal Palace in the offseason and wasn't going to get a ton of playing time, and then also obviously picked up the injury. Yep. Had he been healthy, he would have absolutely been there and in contention to start. Uh, so bummer for him, but you know, I, I like you said, I'm excited about the group that we do have going, and I think bummer, bummer for the guys who didn't make it. But hey, 26 guys, this is an expanded roster. Only so many guys are going to make it. The reality is, it's you got to be the best of the best, and I think the best that we do have are are, are basically there. So um, excited about it. Well, I mean, Cody, for you, what do you think it's going to take to get out of this group? We've got. Maybe one of the, if not the toughest groups, you know, you look at the FIFA rankings, which say what you will about them. They are what they are. But the it's the highest rated uh, FIFA ranked group of all the groups in the World Cup. You got Wales, you got England, you got Iran, and you have the United States. And all teams are ranked within the top 20. So obviously I think many think England are the favorites to win the group, which I, I, I would have to agree with based on pure talent. Um, then you got Wales, Iran, and the United States maybe fighting for that second spot. Um, do you think the U.S. makes it out? What do you think it's going to take to get out of the group? Um, I'm an optimist. So, yes, we're going to make it out of the group, whether we place first in the group or, or second. Uh, I frankly don't care. Um, but, you know, 
rankings are one thing, but showing up on the day is another. And I think, you know, there's been times where USA has been ranked too high and we've underperformed. And then there's times where we've been ranked too low and we've performed ahead of everyone's expectations as the underdog. And I think uh, for, for the U.S. to be the youngest group of players at the World Cup, average age 25 years uh, old in like 175 days or something like that as the, as the team average, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people maybe are looking at the U.S. group as a as a you know someone that's not going to advance out of the out of the group stage, um, and I welcome that. I welcome that because I think the U.S. always does better as an underdog with the underdog mentality. I think England crumbles a little bit with the expectations that get placed on them and and the pressure, the added pressure of their fans in the country and. You know, those players who are, you know, being paid, you know, millions of pounds to uh, to perform and add the pressure of, of your country on your back like that and the coach and everything. And I think that pressure mounts too much. Um, you know, we've seen it time and time again with the England squad. So, um, but the other two concern me because I think Iran is, it's, it's, just I guess one thing that I, I think I've brought up before is I mean the proximity to Qatar is closer than other nations, maybe climate wise and stuff, maybe you know the acclimatization is not as uh, doesn't take as much of a toll. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I have concerns about Iran. Um, and then Wales, I think is kind of there and they can <laughs> They can do things. I mean, we saw Gareth Bale in the in uh, the MLS Cup final rise up and win a towering header in late game to to tie the game, right? Yeah. Um, over the can... the six six, you know, six foot six defender. Yeah, that's what. So that's what Bale can do, and and he if he if he performs the way that he can with his potential um, and his quality, he can he can be a difference maker. Um, but that being said, I think that our group is young, hungry, underdog, has a has a grit and a mentality that can surprise um, the three teams we're facing and hopefully the rest of the world and advance out of this group. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, Iran and Wales definitely do concern me. I think they're going to be very difficult to play against. They're going to be difficult to beat. You hope that the U.S. plays much, much better than how we looked in September. And I think we will. I think, again, I think we're going to rise to the occasion. Um, but you look at even just a team like Iran, uh, they have an incredible player, you know, Mehdi Taremi, uh, who many might know from Champions League this year. He has in five matches, five goals, right? In the Portuguese League for Porto, he's got six goals and four assists. So this is, those are some big numbers he's putting up. Um, he's averaging, again, a goal a game in the Champions League. And you know, nearly are a goal or assist every game in the Portuguese league. The guy's a stud up top, so he's going to be difficult for our defense to deal with, along with a number of other talented players that Iran has. There's a reason Iran did so well in the Asian qualifying. Um, and then, of course, you look at a team like Gareth, you know, like Wales with Gareth Bale, uh, Ramsey, uh, among other talented players that they have. I think on paper, the U.S. is a better team maybe than both Iran or Wales. 
but we don't play these games on paper and you hope that Burhalter's tactics and system can put our guys in the best possible position to win. So we're going to have to get points clearly against both of those teams if we want to advance. Uh, I think if you do not win that first game against Wales, you're putting yourself in a massive hole that you could find yourself playing that game against England for your life. And if you don't get results, then you might be out. Yep. So um, again, in England, we know all, you know, the Harry Canes of the world. Um, you got your Harry Maguire's in the back. Hopefully we'll see him on the field for England. <laughs> and I, I think that it's, it's an exciting prospect to go and take on because the U S will clearly be the underdogs against England too. So, I think, I think you're right. Having a bit of that people doubting the U.S. right now because of recent performances and just how young they are and um, we're the underdogs. And so I, I like that. You embrace that and you hope that the team does too. Yep. So basically you're saying we're going to win the World Cup in Qatar. We're going to win the World Cup. As you, you heard it here first. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be publishing this. Yeah. yeah. And everyone will be tuning in. But yeah. let's get some score predictions maybe before we go. Do you want to do some score predictions? Uh. Yeah, I guess. Uh, just without even thinking about it. Um, First two game. One, what do you two got? one USA over Wales. Two to one. Okay, good. What do you say? Yeah, I, li- I like that. I think uh, I think it's going to be one zero US over Wales. I, I, I think it's going to be a uh, Jesus Ferreira goal in that one. Who, who, who are your goal scorers? Uh, Pulisic and, uh, and Sarge. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. So, okay. Uh, against England, it's another one-one draw. One-one draw. Is that we're gonna have a uh, Robert Green moment in goal for England? I, I think so. <laughs> uh, except this time it's Pickford. But Pickford. Uh, yeah, a hopeful shot goes uh, trickles across the line for the U.S. And um, yeah, I think it's a one-one draw against against the three Lions. Okay, so we've got four points after two games. That's going to leave the group in a very, very interesting place going into the final game day. Uh, I, I, so I'll say against England, I think we also do get a draw. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be two to two though. I think we see a goal from Pulisic, um, and then I think we also see a goal from Tomoya in that one. Okay, all right. So against Iran, I think all the mar- I think probably going into that final day, we could see just about every team fighting for a spot to get into the knockouts. What do what do we see? Six zero US no six zero uh, no I, I think I think zero uh, zero draw zero zero so that puts the US on five points and that does that get us through I think so okay okay yeah the zero zero that would be that would be a stressful zero zero draw <laughs> yeah going down to the wire I think we get I think we get a two to one win in that one I'm going to say we get a Walker Zimmerman goal and we get a uh, Anthony Robinson goal in that one right on two defenders. Right on. The defenders. Yeah. So, so what does that put us at seven points? That's very bullish. You're probably way too much. <laughs> yeah. I but you know me, I'm, I'm like you, I'm like a, a major optimist. Colonel optimist, Daniel. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, real quick lineup game, mm. man, this one, uh, this is interesting, especially with the group of players uh, in the attacking front. Uh, I think the back line for me, you know, Matt Turner's obviously in goal. Jedi on the left back, Dest on the right back, Walker is the right center back. I want Tim Ream as the left center back, but I think Greg will go with Aaron Long. Um, Tyler Adams at the six. If Weston's healthy, then Weston McKinney at the eight. And I think he's going to go with Brendan Aronson at the 10. Okay. Um, to start. Okay. And I think. 
Christian Pulisic as the 11, and I think Josh Sargent at the 9, and Tim Weah at the 7. Okay. Which leaves Gio Reyna to come on and give us 30 minutes off the bench, anywhere in the front three or even in the attacking midfield role. And Eunice Musa as well can come on in the middle of the park as well as your main two, uh, first two guys off the bench. Yeah. So for me, there's a, you know, you can rotate Gio Reyna, maybe starts the next game, Tim Weah comes off the bench. Hmm. Or Eunice Musa starts ahead of Brandon Aronson, Aronson starts as a wide player instead, right? Um, so I think there's some flexibility with that. Um, and with the three games in the group stage, we might see that. And I would hope to see that where some guys, you know, if Tim Weah starts the first game, Gio Reyna subs in for him, and then maybe you just flip it the second game. Yeah. Because right? I think Gio, a fresh Gio coming on with 30 minutes left can be a serious difference maker. Absolutely. So curious what you think about, you know, um, what I've just listed as a desired 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I, I like that look. And I think that we very well could see something like that. Um, I, I would like that same back line with Jedi, Reem on the left side of the defense and then Zimmerman and Dest on the right side. Um, I think having those technical players in there against a team like Wales will be important to break down that, that Wales defense. And then I would say in my middle, uh, you know, I have the MMA midfield in there, so I'd have Musa McKinney-Adams, but I have Musa more in a drop-in role, kind of like in a dual six role to some extent with Adams, as we saw a little bit back in the June window, actually. Um, and having that ball progression, being, being able to take the ball from the center backs or even from Adams and then progressing it forward. Uh, well, the so, dribble, on the dribble like he does so well. Yeah, he can do that, and he's done it very well for the U.S. in the past. I want to see that again. McKinney in front of them. And then I want to see Pulisic, um, Pereira, or Sargent. You know, I, I I think I would be interested in seeing Sargent up there because we haven't seen a lot of that. And I think Greg will probably start Ferreira in that first game, but I, I would I would love to see Sargent up in that nine position. So Pulisic, Sargent, and then I think I'd like to see Tim Weah on that right side. Um, so more or less the same lineup as you, but I've got um, Musa in there instead of Aronson. So I yeah. think you got Aronson coming off the bench, either in the midfield or in, as one of the wingers, and you also got Gio Arena coming in as well. I think you got Acosta to come in, depending on the score of the situation, to help clean things up, lock things down. Yeah. Um, I'd say though, and then potentially, you know, if you need to throw an extra defender in there, you throw in another center back or or a right back potentially uh, to, to give some give some rest. So we'll see. It's got, I think it's going to be all three games. I think are going to come down to the wire. And it's going to be fun. And I hope we see the U.S. advance out of the group. I think my official prediction will be we advance out of the group. And then we end up advancing to the quarterfinals with a win in the round of 16. So that, that is my hope and also my prediction. Do you think we get uh, – I know you think we got out of the group. Do we get Do we get to the quarterfinals as well? We win the World Cup, man. I oh, that's you. right. That's right. You said we're going all the way. Okay. I love it. I love it. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, man. This has been good. I'm excited. 26 names it's uh it's all happening man so we'll be ready to go next week or in 12 days yes we will yes we will all right well for cody i'm danny day this has been play the advantage u.s men's national team world cup coming up go usa